welcome all you gardening cats and gators. Thanks a lot for tuning in. June 29th, and what a day. It is beautiful. A beautiful day to go to a garden talk at a nursery, So, because uh, <laughs> I'm going to be at Sky Nursery at 2 p.m. today. It's going to be mainly stump to chump. I'm going to give away a few really cool plants, and then I'll have some tough, tough stumper questions for you to try and win those plants. And then I definitely will give away a Gardening with Cisco t-shirt and one of my books. So uh, I hope lots of you come. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I love Sky Nursery. I haven't spoke there for a while, so I'm really excited about doing that today. And, uh, hey, I do want to say hi to all the folks that uh, came to my many talks <laughs> this week. So uh, last Saturday, I bolted in my Mini Cooper out to uh, uh, Christensen's Nursery. That is a gorgeous nursery out there in Mount Vernon. And uh, John and Tony do an incredible job running that nursery. And they have some of the best beds because... He's kind of a rose expert. So it was a rosy day out there, kind of big rose festival. And uh, so uh, John and I gave a talk together, and I swear to God, I gave away half his nursery. <laughs> that was so fun. So uh, that was just great. So all you folks that came and, um, you know, he gave away a lot of the roses that are mentioned in, or we didn't give away any roses, but he showed, he's the rose expert. He was talking about a lot of the uh, roses that are listed in Nita Joe Roundtree's book, Growing Roses in the Pacific Northwest. They're way more disease resistant now. These new ones coming out, they're fragrant, they're fantastic. Right now, uh, South Africa is blooming in my garden, and everybody that walks by goes, oh, my gosh, look at that rose. It is a gorgeous yellow rose. It is just about as beautiful as a rose can be. Pretty fragrant, not as fragrant as some, but uh, pretty fragrant. And my old standby uh, hot cocoa is also in full bloom, and boy, is that a fantastic rose. Gets very little disease, not a lot of fragrance, even though when it first came out, they said, oh, this is going to be so fragrant. But boy, what a gorgeous road. So that was just a total fun day. And uh, so all of you, huge audience out there. So uh, thanks so much for coming to Christensen's Nursery for a rosy day out. And uh, so then I went to the Vashon Center for the Arts uh Garden Tour, oh, was that fun. And I wanted to go to the West Seattle Garden Tour really bad, but time made it impossible. I had to hop on the ferry. But I heard uh, from Jeff Daly that it was a huge success, so I'm really happy to hear about that. And uh, I only had time to visit two gardens. I went to Mary and Witt Carthart Garden. Holy cats, was that magnificent. She collects the art and makes a lot of it. And uh, Witt is a uh, garden collector of the top of the line, so he's collecting fantastic, rare, and unusual plants. It, it was so fun walking through that garden, getting a guided tour. It was just amazing. And then I went over to Javier Sotolo's garden. This guy can build anything. He's a stained glass expert, 
He's got a greenhouse with stained glass in it. I've never seen that before. <laughs> really cool. All kinds of structures all over his garden, and he's crazy for lilies. I never saw so many lilies in bloom. It was so impressive. So uh, those were the two gardens I mainly saw. I also saw the new wetland. They're really fixing up the wetland, trying to make it really neat and inviting for people to come learn about wetlands over at the Center for the Arts. So that was that was just a blast. Thank you for inviting me, and I gave a talk on uh, on my favorite plants and gave away a bunch. It was a fun day, and I did something really unusual I've never done before today. I went to before. I did this, and it was I went to a trial garden. So it's Smith Gardens up in Marysville, and they what they do is they growers from all over the world send their plants to them, and they trial them to see how they do in the Pacific Northwest. And so, first of all, I'm seeing all these plants that are going to come out next year, or the next year, or the next year. So that was really exciting seeing some incredible things. One thing I saw that I've never seen before was an ornamental purslane. Purslane is the worst weed I've ever had. It's haunted me in every home I've ever had in my life. <laughs> okay, we didn't have it in Wisconsin. It's probably too cold. But it's a succulent weed that drives you nuts. It's quite edible. But they had an ornamental purslane with these big orange flowers. Oh, la, la. Really cool. So watch out for that. Mary said she thought she saw one in a nursery somewhere. So keep an eye out. But I would plant that maybe in a pot or see if your neighbor will let you plant it on their garden. <laughs> I'm still not too sure about this purslane, ornamental purslane. I'm a little afraid of it. But there were a lot of cool new begonias that are going to be coming out that just to die for. So uh, this was really a treat. I got to meet all kinds of growers from all over the world, and buyers are there from all over the world. It was a really big event, and I saw a few of my local nursery friends there too, which was wonderful. And uh, then I gave a talk, a virtual tour of Mary and my garden, which is a really fun tour because, as you probably know, we divide the garden into his and her gardens. If we didn't, we'd murder each each other or we'd be spending so much on marriage counseling it wouldn't it'd be impossible so uh it was really a fun talk i think and i think people really enjoyed it so it had a lot of humor in it so it was fun and uh really fun to see how uh, they how people create these new plants and then find out if they'll work in a certain area so they have uh, smith gardens they've been doing this for a long long time and they have trial gardens down in Oregon, up in Bellingham and Marysville, I think somewhere else too. So, uh, so anyway, it was really fun. I got it was fun getting a bird's eye view of uh, new plants that'll be coming out soon. All right, so don't forget, I'm going to be at Sky Nursery 2 p.m. today. Uh, the, the talk's going to be out in the outer garden area, in the middle of the nursery, and. Um, I can't wait. This is going to be a lot of fun, and I have got some tough questions for you guys. Of course, I'll be answering all your garden questions the best I can. And I used to – I listen, I don't do it anymore, so don't worry. I used to throw Brussels sprouts 
at people who stump me. I throw beets now. They fly farther and they make a big red splotch. So, <laughs> all right, listen, we've got one caller on the line. I'm flying solo today. One triple eight nine seven three Cairo. One triple eight nine seven three five four seven six. And uh, and we're gonna put you on the air when we come back in just a minute on ninety seven three Cairo FM. And what a weekend it is! Oh la la. I'm going to garden like a wild man tomorrow because uh, I'm doing a photo shoot for the cover for my new book that's coming out this spring. Doing that Monday at my house. Oh, I'm so excited. It's almost done. All right. Hey, we're going to Ann in Whatcom County. Ann, thanks for giving me a call and welcome to the show. Hi, Cisco. Hi. Hi, Ann. Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, two questions. The one is coffee. Grounds now. Coffee grounds apparently have a lot of nitrogen in them, but uh, um, and when the water runs through, it takes the acid out. So the grounds are not particularly acid, as I understand it. You're right. You're right about that. However, you know, I get my coffee grounds from Starbucks, and they don't use organic coffee. And coffee is sprayed is sprayed with so much tox, very toxic chemicals, and I'm just wondering about that. Have you asked them if I if they get organic coffee? They no, might. No, Starbucks doesn't. Maybe oh. in Seattle, but not out here. I, oh, I get the coffee from Bellingham, and I started thinking about that. I was like, God, I'm an organic gardener. I don't put anything, and here I'm dumping lots of coffee grounds on. And this year, I really did put a lot. And I'm just wetting the residue. Well, you know, I have no idea on that. I I would think. That the whatever residue would be on the outside of the coffee bean, so when they roast it and everything, that you know they remove that. So I'm thinking probably it's, not something I'd worry about. because beans are actually burnt to a, in a you know they have dark roast, uh, right? So they're burnt, and you wonder how much of that is. Boy. Destroyed, and then this coffee that comes out, which is intense. Uh, <laughs> most of the I, I'll tell you, Ann, if you were in the audience at Sky Nursery and asked me that this afternoon, you'd be ducking beets. You stumped the tweedle out of me, you rascal. <laughs> I don't know okay. the answer to that question, but I okay. think if you're if if it's a worry, maybe you should see if there's some organic uh, companies out there. They're no, using... no. Actually, there isn't any place that serves strictly. Oh. Well, yeah, there is. Like you know, maybe a food co-op or something. But the thing is, Starbucks is very, very gracious. I know they um, give away their coffee grounds. And... I know, and they put in these little in these bags. I mean, it's wonderful. Well, here's it, my it, opinion, that... Ann. I really think that you don't have to worry about that. I thought the same thing. I, I started thinking that. I thought, oh, gee. But uh, the nitrogen, uh, uh, from what I understand, is uh, it's pretty high in the grounds. It's not too high, but you probably shouldn't do it any more than every six weeks around an individual plant. Consider oh, no, I don't do that. As a rule, 
I just dig it into the soil. Oh, yeah. so It's sort of broadcast, let's put it that way. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, yeah, that, I can't see uh, how you have anything to worry about, oh, okay. and you're improving okay, your soil. Okay, question is uh, uh, that wonderful buttercup. Oh. And I had it, and I tried everything. Uh, well, what did I try? Uh, I think I tried spraying a little vinegar right in the center. That didn't work too good. Uh, then I... <laughs> Then I used some, uh, I just sprayed it, but obviously I hit the grass with burnout, you know, the organic. Yeah, yeah. And I burnt the grass, and I'm not kidding you, it took almost a year for the grass to come back. So then I had uh, the the people do my lawn. I finally thought, okay, why don't you spray the buttercup, which he did, and whatever he put on it last year, it stunk to high heaven, and the buttercup was alive and well this spring. Yeah. Buttercup is one of the hardest things to get rid of. I can tell you've got a wet spot where that buttercup's... Uh, I've heard that, and I'm wondering if my water system is not distributing the water. You know, water systems, you can only control them so much. Yeah, you probably are getting some kind of a buildup of water. you got in that area. wet soils in that area, and if you could stop that, then it's easier to get rid of buttercup. But if, you know, and I'll tell you, straight white vinegar would work, but it has to be a really hot, sunny day. Yeah, I know, but the vinegar... It'll kill uh, the grass. Yeah. It'll kill the grass. But then you can reseed. Oh, yeah, you bump. (laughs) (laughs) Another job. Okay, the white vinegar, what if you just got down your hands and knees and burn out and only sprayed it right, you know, with a... Oh, yeah, that'll work. Stems cutting because um, that burn out... Uh, yeah, it's got cloves and it's got it's cloves and acid and a whole bunch of stuff. If you're really careful and only spray it right on that, but you're going to have to spray adequate amount. You don't want to go out there on your hands and knees trying to spray this buttercup out, not put enough on. You want to do it on the hottest, sunniest day you can find, and you gotta, you got to put enough on that you know no, you're going to kill it. But what about right, you know, where the stems go into the ground? Oh, that'd be because perfect. It's, it's a rise, it's a, it has a rhizome, doesn't it? Yeah. It, it's it spreads, does. What? Yeah, it's got a big rhizome. They go underground. They also right, right. seed themselves. Yeah, okay. What if you just sprayed right in the... You know where they go into the ground, so you wouldn't really be killing. You might kill grass an inch around, but not right. Hey, that, would that, that help? Or just that'll or work. Does it have to. That's be what I do. That's what I do with straight white vinegar. I have a, a spray bottle with a long wand, and I put a yeah. funnel on the end, and yeah. I stick it on so that funnel keeps it right on the weed I'm trying to kill. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I've got a plastic funnel, and I can use that yeah. with the burnout. Then just- you don't have to get on your hands and knees either. You can just walk around, but you still gotta you gotta spray the living tweedle out of those guys. Otherwise, it won't work, and all your work will be for nothing. And do it on the hottest, sunny day you got, and then you only have to reseed the spots. You're going to have little dead spots no matter what you do, and uh, you just got to reseed those, punch holes, put the seed in the holes, and in three weeks, you'll never know you did anything. And I think you're better off using vinegar 
than the other stuff because that stuff really does that can last in the soil a little while because it's so strong. Vinegar's oh, not yeah, that because, strong. Yeah, the grass didn't come back. I mean, my yeah. gosh. Yeah. All you know, most of last summer. Well, I and- do this. I do this to all the dandelions in my garden, and uh, it kills them dead. And then I just reseed, you know, uh, right yep. away, pretty soon. I punch some holes, put some seed in. Three weeks, you can't tell I ever did anything. Well, you know what? Well, there's even a better solution. It's called a grandpa weeder. You know that thing that goes oh, into that the thing, ground? You get two for the price of one with that. <laughs> I don't it's like that up. tool. But you know what works better? A hook. So you get one of those hooks. It's got three or four prongs that, you know, uh are in a hook shape on the end of a long handled tool. You stick that you stick that trident right in there, and then you push it forward, and boink! Out comes the uh, buttercup. That's the way to do it. Works a hundred times better. Okay, Ann, I think I somehow lost you, but uh, I'm got to take a break. And uh, I will be back when I'm back. Joan from Renton, we're going to pop you on 97.3 Cairo FM. Right back. Let's go down to Renton and talk to Joan. Hi, Joan. Hi, how are you today? Hey, really great, thanks. So I have a question about a plant that you recommended uh, probably about four years ago. We went and bought at a nursery out on Vashon a Potentilla Galida, G-E-L-I-D-A. Yeah, I I don't know if you say Jalida or Galida, but it's one of those two. That's that one with the beautiful silver foliage. It it is just gorgeous. And this year it's really coming to its own in our garden. So, of course, I want more, and my friends also want it. And we have covered every nursery in this area Nobody has it. Oh, and la, we la. called the distributors in um, Oregon, and they said, well, maybe next year. So wow. is there a way for me to propagate it uh, by seed, by cuttings, you know, a glass of water, rooting hormone, divide it in the spring? Uh, well, that's, it, it is such a gorgeous plant. I would like to have a dozen more. I'm trying to think if you can divide that plant, and I don't think you can. It, what you can do is go out there and see where the branches have, like, uh, are lying on the ground, some of mm-hmm. those little branches, and if tug on them. If they're rooted, you can just dig those. You can cut them off the mama plant, use a trowel to dig it out, get it right into a pot, and uh, water really, really well. Keep it in semi-shade. I know this is a sun-loving plant, but... And um, and you'll have new ones. See, so mm-hmm. I, but I don't know if they root themselves when they move along like that. So that would be one way. You could also try cutting off a few of the branches. Um, you know, pull off the lower leaves and make it about an eight-inch long one, and and uh, keep the whole bottom 
four inches in water. And it takes a long, long time for a plant like that to root. And some plants do it easy, some don't. On this potentilla, I have no idea whether it it will or not, you know. So uh, it would be worth cutting off a couple of branches to try it. Okay. All right. So maybe put some rocks on some lower branches on the ground so they would want to root. And then cover them with cover them with a little soil, but make sure the end of the branch is sticking out of the ground. Oh, that that should root it pretty dang quick. It'll okay. take a year, pretty darn quick as a year. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, it's worth the wait. It it is a beautiful plant. Oh yeah. Well, I'm so happy you loved it because I love it and. Uh, when I recommend something, you know, I always think, oh, I hope people like it as much as I do. It's really, that silver foliage, the yellow flowers are nice too, but that's a wonderful, wonderful plant. It's for everybody listening. It's Potentilla, I think, Gelida. It's G-E-L-I-D-A. And uh, yeah. the, the thing about that plant, so everybody knows, is that it is kind of rare. You, it comes and goes now, there may be some nurseries around that have it. You know, one you you could try, could call West Seattle Nursery. They often have some unusual plants there. And, uh, well, you know, all of the main nurseries, Sky, Malbacks, Swansons, there's a chance uh, that they've got it. You know, you just never know. So, Wells yeah. Medina, have, have you called all those guys? Because... They oh, have, have the not rare plant. West plants. Seattle or Wells, but you might give those oh. two a try. But it sounds like uh, it sounds like there's just a real shortage on it this year. And it's they they all kind of said it was late in the late in the season. That's true too. That's true too. Mm-hmm. People tend. Can I ask uh, you about a? Huh? I, I'm sorry. Uh, I was gonna. Can I ask you about a gunnera? Sure. Yeah. You betcha. We have one of those also. Should we remove the flowers that are coming up? Because we really want to promote the leaf growth. You shouldn't have to do that. Okay. Yeah, because I think the the flower actually is really cool looking because then it becomes that big cone full of seeds. It's one mm-hmm. of the coolest looking things I've ever seen. And I'm not sure it's going to like that being cut back like that. I'm not sure. I've never tried that. The trick to getting gunnera really big, fertilize it with organic lawn food. Oh, it loves that. Organic lawn food? Yeah, so it's high in nitrogen. And um, you get a little bit of other things the plant needs, but it mainly is just giving it a blast of nitrogen, you know. I think it's like uh, eating a T-bone steak or something. (laughs) You get a lot of protein. So I... (laughs) You give it you give it a bunch of that, and so you can't burn the plant with that because it's organic. So uh, it has to be eaten by the little microorganisms in the soil before it becomes uh, available to the plant. So you give it that, keep it well watered. I'm sure you know those gunras need a lot of water. These things come from uh, South America, and they. Always, I've seen them when I've hiked out over there, and they're always right along streams, you know. And uh, so they like a lot of water, but they don't like sitting in water. So, and you give it that 
uh, fertilizer, and I think you'll see that thing take off like a rocket. And you, the leaves, they get the size of five people. I mean, it is so cool. I've seen them 20 feet tall, just enormous leaves, you know, so big you can't believe it. So try that. I guarantee you're going to see some growth on that baby. We will get that fertilizer today. Good. How long have you had that uh, gunnera? We've had it in this spot for, this is its second year. Oh, good. So it made it through last winter. Oh, yes. But we did kind of baby it. And we put the leaves on the crown. Just what I was going to recommend. No. Just what Uh I was going to recommend. You did it before the snow. You are brilliant. (laughs) You saved your plant. Well, we listen to your show. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's too great. Well, hey, listen, yeah, try that. At some time, if you come to a talk or give me another call, let me know how that works for you. It won't happen overnight, but you'll start to see it really take off. Well, it'll be fun to see if we could get it the size of five people. Go ahead. You will. About four feet. All right, you will. I. I can count on it. You're going to get the biggest leaves you've ever seen on that guy. Excellent. Cool. How often should we put the organic fertilizer on it? Uh, well, you know, the problem is I do it now for sure. But be uh-huh. careful about doing it too late in the year because if you force tons and tons of growth, it may not want to harden off for the winter. So I'd say do it now. Let's see. And then I think you could... Get away with it six weeks from now again, or even four weeks from now. Do it, do it now, and do it a month later, and then don't do it again. Whatever you do, and then next year you could start earlier with it and probably do it three times a month apart. Three times a month, did you say? Yeah, th- no, three. Th- do it three times each time a month apart. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Spring three times. Yeah. One month each. Okay. Yeah, one month apart. And then uh, then I wouldn't do it anymore after that. Start. You could start in uh, April. April, May, and June. Do those three. And uh, uh-huh. you should get tons of growth from doing that. All right. Listen, I have to run. But, uh, Thank you. Let me know how it all goes, okay? We'll do it. All right. Thanks, Joan. Bye-bye. All right. Hey, we'll be right back. We're going to talk to Rachel in North Bend when we come back on 97.3 Cairo FM. Okay. And, um, hey, I forgot to tell you something, and that is that the Skagit Symphony is having their garden tour Sunday and uh, goes from 10 to 4. It's a self-guided tour of six lovely gardens in Laconer and Mount Vernon. And all the funds benefit the music-making and education programs of the Skagit Symphony. So, uh, hey, there's a link right in the in uh, my events page on Cisco.com if you want to find out about that. It's good to help those good causes, and you have so much fun. Seeing great gardens. Okay, now we're going to Rachel over in North Bend. Hi, Rachel. How are you doing? Hey, Cisco. Good. How are you? Just great. Thanks. Awesome. Hey, I had a quick question for you. On Mother's Day, 
I got three azalea bushes um, from my husband. They're all deciduous. Um, they're beautiful. They have like a yellow pink um, bloom on them. Well, when we got them, I noticed that they had a little green caterpillar ish kind of bug on them and uh-huh. um, did some research. And I think they were sawhorse larvas. Does that sound correct? Uh, what were they again? They were like a green, tiny little caterpillar that blended right in with the bush and it was or on the leaf, and it was, was it, and right it's on the outside. Is it a soft fly? Is that yes, yeah, soft fly? Yeah, it probably yeah. is a soft fly. So, are oh. you're seeing like almost see-through spots on the leaves? Is well, what? Yes, and all of a sudden, I started noticing some brown spots, and not just on one, on all three of them. Do you know if that would be from that fly, or is that like a kind of mold or like a fungus? Well, a brown spot, it, it's possible. Here's the way to tell. If it's an insect or anything, if the brown spot is a scale, let's say, you should be able to rub it off without destroying okay. the tissue of the leaf. If you try and rub it off and the leaf tears, then it's probably a fungus. Okay. Okay. Now, if it's a fungus, is there, do you have any good remedy how to get rid of that? Well, you probably can't do much. Here's one thing. Try not to get the leaves wet. So do you have an automatic watering system or do you? No, I do it myself. Oh, good. I just got the good old-fashioned hose. Yeah, (laughs) you and me both. (laughs) So, (laughs) so I, there. I think the key thing, and let me tell you, these deciduous azaleas need a fair amount of water. If they don't get it, they get powdery mildew, which will come out later, but it'll drive you nuts. It looks like someone put powdered sugar all over the plant. So (laughs) you don't want that. No. So so, uh, what I would do, I'm not sure that you can really, that it's even worth spraying anything now that the rain has quit. If you can keep the leaves dry... Any fungus, okay. if it is a fungus, isn't going to spread until next spring, and all those leaves are going to fall off in the fall. So you can rake those up the best you can because okay. those, if it is a fungus, they're going to sporulate and shoot spores back into the plant, and you're going to get even more of it next spring when uh, the leaves okay. stay wet. You know, it's The leaves have to be wet. These spores land on them. They have to sit on a wet leaf for a certain amount of time before they can uh, germinate and or sporulate and then get into the leaf. So uh, next spring, you might try spraying it with something like uh, neem oil. Okay. Yeah, neem oil, it stops funguses really well. And if there's any of those caterpillars, which are really soft flies, they're not caterpillars, but that's all right. It'll it would get them too at the same time, so you're protected both. So the minute the leaves start coming out, you might want to spray uh, neem oil. Uh, maybe once the minute the leaves start coming out, once when they're halfway out, once when they're all the way out, and then okay, if it's real rainy, horrible spring, you might do it like one more time, and then. All right, I'm- is that like uh, like in another week or like another month? Usually it tells on uh, the neem oil, but you could spray that every okay. week if you have to. Okay. Yeah, it's a pretty uh, darn safe product, and it 
it's good. It doesn't harm the environment. Uh, it's not dangerous for you, you know. So it's a good product. You know, Cisco, can I, is it, in case it is that, what, can I plant other plants next to it or should I wait? I think you could plant other plants next to it, no problem. Because uh, okay. most funguses are very specific. Even most oh, bugs are, okay. although aphids will go on anything. But most bugs are pretty specific on what they're going to attack, and same with fungus. So I don't think, you know, if you put a roadie by it, you might get a problem or something. Hey, one more right. thing. Check under the leaves and make sure you don't have tar spots under there. If you see a bunch of tar spots, you could have lace bug. It does attack azaleas. And if you got that, neem oil would help with that right away. Okay. Yeah. To start with that. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. And and just to be safe, genius as I am... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you you might want to take a few uh, a little branch into a master gardener clinic. They're all over the place, and you could do a search on the computer. Where's a, a, a master gardener clinic in North Bend? And you could take a few of those leaves. They could help you by looking at them. They're really good at knowing what's wrong. And if they see them, they're going to be able to tell you, "Oh, you've got this, or you've got that." I think there's one at the Issaquah Farmer's Market. The master, the wazoo one is there. I think I might take yeah. him in and have him take a peek. Yeah, i do well, that thanks. for sure. Okay, I will do that. Thanks so much, Cisco. All I really right. appreciate it. Hey, Rachel. Always fun listening to you. Uh, thanks a lot. Enjoy this beautiful day today. Bye-bye. Yeah, you do the same. Okay. Right. Bye. Bye. Hey, uh, so uh, don't forget now, I am going to be at Sky Nursery at 2 p.m. I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be really fun. And uh, just I'll end with a quick story. Uh, My wife, Mary, wasn't too happy last night because we saw this really fun little kid that loves our pup, Izzy, and she had our two pups. But she was petting little Leo's tummy and everything. And Mary wasn't paying attention. Izzy snuck away when no one was looking to the neighbor's yard, went in their back door, ate their cat food, and was running around in their house. And Mary didn't see anyone. He had to, she had to run in their house, chase Izzy all through the house. The guy comes into the living room and goes, what are you doing in here? She's like, I'm chasing my dog. Have you seen her? So uh, what is it with dogs that just uh, like to embarrass the livid Tweedle out of you at every chance they get? I'll never know, but <laughs> it's part of life for sure. Okay, well, it's so darn nice out. Uh, you got to get out and garden, but you really should come to Sky Nursery come to my talk instead. Oh, oh la, la. Brian, thank you as always, buddy. Okay, everyone, enjoy this incredible weather, but don't forget, keep eating your Brussels sprouts. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.